0: Is in the casa Oklahoma, where the winds come. Hey. Sweeping down the plain twisters blow away your kingdom. Hey. Noise from the sooner state, feel it in your eardrum. Wave past the beginning, and we are nowhere near done. <laughs> My goodness, I'm nice with it. You can snap back, hold your hat. This I wine fitted. Getting filled up off your hate. As if I need it. While your tanks are eating lighter, people say I need it. Uh-oh. You didn't know. When I hit the road, dog cities hear me spitting flows. Hey. Meanwhile, on tracks, I'm really not your typical hey. spiritual, lyrical, miracle, you imbecile. Oh. Going harder than a tombstone Bow. Here lies in a method that never saw his doom, though. Uh. Joints man only fire, but IQ, yo. Hey. Rocking like a Lucifer track, well, what do you Come know? On. Forward and I can't go back. Lessons that I went through, put some questions on my mental. Forward and I can't go back. Welcome all, this is the Outsiders Green Country Soccer Podcast. My name is Mario, one of your normal day hosts, and I'm with my other two co-hosts, David, aka Danny Rojas, and Josh. How are you guys doing tonight?
1: Oh man, good. I got my little Christian modest shrine set up and ready to go. Um, I'm
0: doing amazing. Right. Well guys, guess what? Today is episode number 40. Got it. It got to my birthday when I turned 40. <laughs> well, uh, before this podcast, me and Josh got on hammering down with our good buddy, Killer, uh, on his uh, podcast. And it was a good time. What do you thought about that, Josh?
2: I It, it was fun. It was, it was nice to talk to uh, another USL fan from a different team.
0: Right. Another team with the black and gold. Yep. But man, um, David, I'm not sure if you're watching the awesome game, man. But I think they had like 17 shots on goal and none of them in, inside the goal.
1: Well, there was one with the uh, a uh, uh, handball quote unquote happened. So sorry,
0: yeah, right. you know, when you touch when it touches your like muscle of your arm, they kind of consider that a handball. Uh-huh. I'm sorry,
1: not not over in England, there's there's <laughs> maybe it's a handball maybe who knows so speaking of england As well, how well chelsea how's chelsea do this weekend
0: oh man i tell you what we're doing good are doing good huh
1: that's three in a row right grand-, grand potter he you know he he's he's relaxing a little bit
0: we're gonna win the league we're gonna win the league
1: i mean even though uh who'd you guys play this weekend
0: it doesn't matter it's about the, no, no no
1: no 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 i'm just I mean, i'm being not being serious who'd you guys play
0: come on man
1: you know who. no, are. I, no I don't i i want to know who you guys played
0: are you really serious
1: yeah serious <sighs> all right
0: so who the who man you play this weekend
1: no 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 well, I, I got something to ban- <laughs> i got something to banter off this afterwards so who'd you guys play
0: who, who we played
1: yeah who did you oh. guys play
0: we played Leicester. okay
1: Lester. so even though even though Leicester tried to do like physically assault like a couple of your players, you guys still won. So congratulations.
2: Yeah, three to one. Look at I that. Mean, he can be nice.
1: I mean, Jal Felix got his leg almost broken. And then uh who was it? Uh Kai Habert's, you know, he got got just got a cleat hanging out of his chest.
0: So and Casamero, uh what's his name? Casamero. Yeah. Is- and and no red no red cards on Leicester. Wow. Casemiro is just like killing people with studs up.
1: Yeah, even though the studs were down until it hit the ball, then his foot skipped off the ball and studded somebody. Maybe there should be some, uh, you know, continuity in the calling over there, the foul calling over there. Wait, are you sure England?
0: mistakes?
1: Yeah, I, I guess, I guess a bar doesn't fix everything, does
0: it? Nope, it doesn't.
1: But Josh, today, how about your Man City today? That was a really fun game to watch. It's best game we've played all season. If you guys don't know, Josh's boyfriend scored five goals today. What?
2: <laughs> what? That's
1: wild. I score goals, goals for you, Josh. <laughs> five goals is
2: amazing. Uh,
1: what else do you want from the best striker in the world? I scored goals for you, Josh. Um, Christian Mata has something to say about that. What's that?
0: No. His head shook. No. <laughs>
1: <Anyways>. <laughs> all right. all right For well,
0: people that don't, yeah. know, David has a Christian Mata. I was limited edition li- Christian oh, Mata. Limited edition Christian Mata bobblehead. And I weird. got one
2: of those. I don't know where it's
0: at though, but I got one of this
1: He's not special. Yeah. Oh, he, he, he is special. This one's a special Christian Mata bobblehead. Is it signed just just for signed personally to you, David? I will find I will find Christian somewhere in Tulsa and get this thing signed. <laughs> Anyways, so you guys want to talk a little USL action? Oh, yeah. So um, big news, big news, big news. Um, the USL summer showcase is coming to lovely Colorado Springs, Colorado in August, I believe. August 9th, it'll be a Wednesday. And guess what will be the featured match this year, Mariano?
0: I'm going to guess a well, wild guess here, but um, Colorado Springs. Yes, that's one of the clubs. Okay. And Versus? FC Tulsa.
1: Very own FC Tulsa. Yes, August 9th at the USL Summer Showcase. It'll be a Wednesday on ESPN2, a nationally broadcast game. Colorado Switchbacks take on FC Tulsa, and Josh is renting rid- riding, riding a private plane to fly – all of the Tulsa fans, too. Lovely Colorado Springs. That's very nice of you, Josh. You yeah. heard it here first. It's happened.
0: <laughs> <laughs> heard it here first and last. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, uh, Mariano, something that I saw you tweet earlier today. USL signed a, a, a sponsorship today.
0: Oh, yeah. They signed up with a tequila company. I forget the name of them, but yeah, that's, that's pretty big. They also signed with... Um, a sports sports network as well earlier this week.
1: So yeah, great big things happening for USL, you know. Um uh, big uh transaction news and notes. Uh Malik Johnson, speaking of Colorado Springs, he is a uh, parted ways with Colorado Springs. Now he's a free agent. Um Cody Cropper, a goalkeeper, signed with Orange County and probably uh Josh, huge, huge signing. Something that's been rumored out there. I've seen John Morsey tweet about it. I saw a USL Insider tweet about it. But a former uh, finals MVP Ronaldo Domus is joining San Diego on loan. Josh, big time signing right there. Oh, big, big signing. That's what
2: happens when you go to Europe and get relegated. You <laughs> come right back down to uh, your level. And San Diego just got a heck of a lot better.
1: Yep. Uh, Mariano, uh, USL Power Rankings came out. Um, who's number one?
0: Oh, number one? Is it Louisville City?
1: Well, let's just uh, quote Ric Flair on this. To be the champ, you have to be Oh, beat San the champ.
0: Antonio, yeah.
1: San Antonio. Louisville's number two, followed by San An- – I'm sorry, followed by Sacramento Republic at number three. San Diego Loyal comes in at four. Tampa Bay Rowdy's five. Six is Monterey Bay. Seven, Birmingham Legion. Number eight is Indy 11. Nine, Charleston Battery. Ten, New Mexico United. And Josh, guess where FC Tulsi is? 11th. Wow. 10th. And at 12 15. We're coming in at the 15th spot. What? Well, we're up six. They had us in the 21st spot last week, so. That's disrespect. Up six with a bullet. Up six with a bullet. But uh, guess who is at the bottom? RGV, no, nope. Mariano.
0: I'm gonna guess that has to be. Mm. Uh, would it be Hartford?
1: Mariano is correct. Hartford Athletic drop all the way from 17th to 24th. Um, really, that's that's disrespectful. In that Matt Sheldon era, there, Josh. <laughs> but. Uh, so uh, last week's picks, um, Josh, you finished with five points. Mariano, you finished with five points. Man, somebody finished with six points to win the week. I don't know who that was, but I don't uh, who cares? Next topic. Yeah, next topic. Um, <laughs> team of the week came out. Um, Alex Dixon takes takes home a week one player of the week uh, from Monterey Bay Union. He had a hat trick. In the first half, as Josh would like to tell us, in the most exciting game, according to Josh. Um, Indy's goalkeeper, Yannick Odell, lands at the goalkeeper's position. He had a PK save against – who was that against Mariano? Was that against – who took the PK for Tampa
0: Bay? Do you remember? To be honest, I did not watch it. Sorry.
1: Probably Quinzadi. No, Quinzadi plays for Indy now. I thought we were, that's I think that was, it was it, it, no Cal Jennings took a PK for Tampa I thought away. that's who we were talking about I'm not going to lie I'm sorry. Nah. Uh Yannick Odal's the goalkeeper for Indy he gets player of the, or team of the week for goalkeeper. He had a PK save against uh Cal Jennings. Um Amadou Dia, he had an assist for Louisville. He's on the team of the week. Lamar Batista, who I had as the player of the week, had two goals and assists for San Antonio. Mariano, he's on a 25-day contract. Do you think uh that might be uh changing?
0: Oh, yeah. That's definitely
1: changing soon after that bicycle. Yeah, that was nice. Uh, Jackson Kazansu, Kaz- or better known as Simba, is on the team of the week from San Diego. Alex Cronali had a goal for Birmingham is on the team of the week. Zach Ryan and Khalil L- Medkar, is on the team of the week from Loudoun United. Surprising Loudoun United, Josh. Yes, I, I, did, I did
2: not hear what you said. No. I'm not going to lie.
1: <laughs> Florian Velow from Miami, who had that quote-unquote banger, Makes the team of the week. Hey, uh, that was
2: the banger. Yeah, Hold but
1: should he should he have been still on the field? That's the big question. We'll yeah. talk about that later. We'll talk yeah. about that later in the Tulsa talk. Um, Prince Sadie for Hartford made team of the week. He had uh, two goals, I believe, for Hartford, and then Brian Omby from Louisville. I think he had two assists. Made team of the week. Mariano uh, Michael Nelson from FC Tulsa makes the makes the bench for team of the week. Deserved.
0: The very deserved. He had six amazing saves in the game. Kept us in that game. Uh, very well deserved. So congratulations to Michael Nelson.
1: But um, let's uh, you guys want to go down uh scores from week one? Oh yeah. Talk about them. Yep. Very talking, bro, talk about them for a little bit and then we'll move on to predictions. Okay, first game of the week was Memphis 901 taking on Loudoun United. Loud United defeated Memphis 901 three to one. There was a red card
0: in this game. First red card, first game of the year for the USL. Um, I mean if I could speak on this game a little bit. Uh, man, ahead, buddy. Loudon scored in the eighth, 11th, and the 94th plus minutes. Um, the score for um Memphis actually was Kissadoo. The- <laughs> and the 3rd minute, the man got a red card.
1: I guess we learned you do not kiss a do, kiss a do. So, did you see, did you, Josh, did you see what caused that red card? I
2: did not. I I don't
1: remember what I was doing. I I was watching another game at the time. So, no, well, I did not. The Loudon player, um, the ball went out of bounds and he was, he playfully like rubbed him on the head and kissed a dude, throws <sighs> a left elbow back and catches the Loudon guy. I didn't see him make a lot of contact. Did you, Mariano? No,
0: I did not either.
1: <laughs> he made a very minuscule contact and the guy flopped down like, like Yuma did last year and uh kiss got a red card straight red um the next game is miami taking on fc tulsa we'll talk about that one later then uh third game of the week was birmingham taking on pittsburgh riverhounds ended in a 1-1 draw mariano i know you watched a little bit of this game how'd you feel this game went
0: oh man um i literally thought from the beginning before the game even started i thought it was gonna be a draw but birmingham actually was attacking a little bit um i'm surprised that um our defender in the ending of the game kind of just whiffled that ball and let um, that Pittsburgh player just slot the ball through uh, Van Ockel. Van Ockel is a really good goalie, and and I tell you what, he saved them from losing that game. Had a good shot on him, a ricochet to the mm-hmm. uh, Pittsburgh guy, and the Pittsburgh guy kind of kind of ran at it and kind to make a rebound. Like well, an FC Tulsa player that we know, we'll talk about later, but. Yeah, my Van
1: Van Uncle, he saved them. Yeah, the, I think that made the uh, football Americ- Americana, or what? what's that on ESPN? Football Americas, football man. Americas. It made made it, made, it made the highlight. Made it. But man, I started watching this game this, today, trying to catch up trying to get a little look at Birmingham. And uh, I've tried to develop my own statistical analysis, kind of like John Morrissey. And I had these two teams, Birmingham and Pittsburgh, finishing. Uh, Next to last and the position above it, statistically-wise. I I was a little bored through the first half until that Cronali goal. Um, Both teams looked to – their attack just looked off. And I think for Birmingham, they were missing a couple of key players and Enzo Martinez and Nico Brett came off the the bench. I think they were missing one other starter. So, I don't think – the best is yet to come on Birmingham.
0: Yeah, I was surprised that Nico Brett and who else was it? Cassim. Um, they got yeah, They started subbed yeah. in the second half.
1: Yep. So, but uh, let's move on to Charleston Battery, and uh, they took on Phoenix Rising. And uh, Machete Watch is already happening in Phoenix. Says he had a goal. Danny Trejo had a goal for Phoenix as they drew with Charleston one to one. Mariano, how, how would you like to have him on our team? I know he's your favorite player in the USL. Uh,
0: there's a little rumor going around Tulsa that he was, he was asked to come play for us, and he decided not to. So, But, man, I wish it would have came to fruition, man. I'll tell you what. I know what my jersey would have said instead of Mario 918 today.
1: <laughs> we'll talk about those kids later. I got one in today, too. They're pretty nice. Right. But uh, the next game, Tampa Bay took on Indy, and it was another 1-1 draw. Uh, Josh, I, I – I think both of us had big hype for this game, and I don't think it came through. Um, The goals, um, two PKs happened in this game. Um, Tampa Bay had one that they missed. Indy had one at the very, very last second to tie up. Were you kind of let down by this game? I was. I think I predicted 3-3, I think, something along those lines. You had a 3-2 Tampa Bay. 3-2 Tampa Bay. Yeah, I I was kind of bored watching this game. And Mariano, let's talk about that last second PK. Um
0: oh, man, that was horrible calling. Yeah. So
1: I don't I don't know if you noticed, but the, the 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 crewman came out there and he he painted a little hump. So it was actually a legit PK. <laughs>
0: yeah, they got the groundskeeper to come out there and make an extra <laughs> square in front of it. <laughs> yeah. And but uh speaking of that game, man, uh, it kills me again to watch this spare this very um Play amazing! The man yep. was all over the defense. He was wasn't letting anything go through. Really, I know he kind of got him to a couple altercations with a couple players and stuff like that. But that's
1: but, what he does. Yeah, that's what he does. I mean, he's physical and he bodies up to people. So, yeah. But uh, the next matchup was defending champ San Antonio C defeating Oakland Roots three to um, one. Did you see the Oakland goal? No, I didn't get to watch it. So one of the Oakland players uh, took a shot from uh, the left side of the box, and it hit Connor Maloney right in the face, and it ricocheted in the goal. So that's how the Oakland goal happened. But uh, I think you saw the the top play on Football Americas, the top goal of the week, the goal
0: of the week, was Lamar Batista with the bicycle kick. I had to zoom into that to watch to see. They were like, "Oh, it's a bicycle." I was like, "Where?" Between those two players, they're like literally side by side.
1: <laughs> On the next week, or next next matchup was Sac- Sacramento Republic in El Paso Locomotive one to nothing. Um, I had El Paso as the lowest uh, scoring, uh, statistical rated team of the week. So, uh, I, I don't know about El Paso, Josh. I think. Uh, <clears throat> They still regret getting rid
2: of, oh, what's his name? They're the old head coach when they're really good. Lowry. Mark Lowry. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I yep. think they still regret getting rid of him.
1: Yeah. And the next matchup was funny. Josh. You want oh, to go? Here's something funny.
0: The past three new coaches on the beginning of the season always lost their first game.
2: <laughs> but Blair Gavin, if you're talking
0: about just league wise. No, I'm talking about for El Paso. Oh,
1: so. <laughs> okay. okay. Uh, the next matchup is what Josh dubbed as the game of the week as Monterey Bay uh, defeated Hartford 5-3 to three. Uh, talk about it Josh since it's your game of the week
2: this is the only game that I actually watch from start to finish besides the FC Tulsa game it started off real quick with a mistake from former FC Tulsa player Kimpo Capato, where he completely whiffed on the ball and Alex Dixon completely uh, Took it away from him and opened up the scoring. And but it, I think it 26 minutes later, Hartford answered back. And then after that, it was it was just all Monterey Bay. Up until uh Prince Sadie scored the last two goals of the game. But it, it was completely an Alex Dixon show for that game.
1: And you know who was in a show, Mariano? It was it was not the Matt Sheldon show. He got yanked after the 59th minute. <laughs> he, 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 you wanna you wanna hear another stat, Matt Sheldon stat? What's that? Five completed passes.
0: Oh my God.
2: Don't disrespect him. We've had him on our show before. You can't do that.
1: <laughs> no completed passes.
2: That's good though. <laughs> For it's show. better. It's better than what you're doing.
1: Zero. I, I completed Watson seven I completed seven passes, mind you. But <laughs> all, right, all right, You want you want to talk about that? Let's let's backtrack to San Antonio. Their leading completed passer was PC with 14 passes in that game. Yeah. They only had two players that completed over 10, and this is including Jordan Farr, the goalkeeper, that completed over 10 passes in that game. Ja'Cory Hayes had 10 completed passes and PC had 14. Yeah. They, it is amazing what San Antonio is just doing to and they scored three goals. So I mean to capitalize on their lack of possession is amazing. I don't I don't know how they do it, but something something's working for Alan Messina. Down in San Antonio. But let's move on to the next game was Louisville taking on Orange County. Louisville defeated them three to one. They looked like Louisville Mariano in that game. Yeah.
0: Orange County, I don't know what's what's going on with them, man. I, I was expecting a lot more from them this year. Um I know this still has a connection with um uh what's that Rangers? Called? Rangers.
1: Rangers. Yep. And, yeah. and, and so- they sold their soul for that championship that
2: championship run.
1: Well, the next matchup was San Diego uh, kind of hushing the Detroit fans. So I know they were talking a lot of smack before this game. They defeated Detroit one to nothing in a very foggy uh, matchup there in San Diego. And Mariano, my question with Detroit is where the goals gonna come from in this this year for them. Um I watched this game and that, that question did get answered. I agree. Okay. Let's move on to the final game of week one is – RGV takes on Las Vegas. Um, Wound up a 1-1 draw, Josh. Uh, Did you expect any more or any less from that game? I did not expect any less.
2: That was such a worst game of the week right there. Uh, Two bad teams going at it. It's not really what you want to see. RGV opening up with an own goal. It's the worst own goal I've ever seen. But then I guess you could say they made it up with that really good goal.
1: Yeah, just, just had a good goal. Yep,
2: t- terrible game. Uh, I I won't be watching either team this
0: year. Kind of feel Shadow. because he has to like that first half. It I mean I don't know what RGV was thinking, but Carlton was like all over them. I mean I thought this was gonna be like a murder. I was expecting like a four nothing on the first half, and then Reese kind of. Did that missile from outside the corner of the box. And Josh,
1: did you hear uh, Mario's Boston accent came in on the murder? The
0: murder? <laughs> yeah. Yep. It comes out here and there, but um, <laughs> it's just – and I, I really thought in the first half that the second half when it started, I was like, all right, let's go see four more goals by uh, Las Vegas Lights. When something happened that they just kind of – Maybe we're a little too comfortable with that one nothing. That's
1: what happens when two bad teams go at it.
2: You get those All types right.
1: of games. All right. Let's move on to week two predictions. You guys want to do that? Yep. Yep. All right. First game of the week is Wednesday, March 15, is a uh, El Paso hosts Colorado Springs. Josh, who do you have?
2: Colorado Springs three one.
1: Win ball
0: Mariano. I gotta go El
1: Paso one. Nothing. I'm gonna go one. One draw. What? Yep. On the fence. I just I'm on the fence. Next game is Friday. Is Birmingham Legion host our very own FC Tulsa down in Birmingham, Alabama? Mariano. Oh man, I said it
0: earlier and I'm gonna say it again. I feel a two two draw. Josh has. Birmingham went in seven to zero. Well, two to zero. Actually,
2: I said it on Kayler's podcast. Unfortunately, I was losing two
1: to nothing. I've got a one one draw. All right. On Saturday, the first game on Saturday would be Memphis 901 hosting Pittsburgh Riverhounds. Man, I just didn't like what I seen out of Memphis. Um, And I really didn't see what I liked out of Pittsburgh. I got this as my third straight one one draw. Josh and
2: then we thought Mariano was the draw king. <laughs> uh, I gotta go go two nothing Pittsburgh.
0: Mariana. I gotta I gotta go one nothing Pittsburgh. Next game is
1: Miami taking on New Mexico in Miami. Josh, who are you liking this one? Uh yeah, I think I'm, I'm gonna go two two one New Mexico. Two
0: one New Mexico Mariano. Uh, I gotta save my title one one draw. <laughs> <laughs> I got this
1: one, 3-1 New Mexico. Finally, somebody else did something different. <laughs> All
0: right.
1: um, Colorado Springs hosts Hartford Athletic in Colorado. Ah, man, I hate to get back on that draw bandwagon, but 2-2 draw. Mariana?
0: I go Colorado Springs. Um, uh, I'm going to say uh, 2 nothing. 2 nothing. Colorado Springs. Josh?
2: Colorado Springs, 2 nothing nothing
1: all right next matchup's gonna be el paso taking on detroit in el paso um i got this one two to one el paso josh one nothing el paso ariana
0: news fest zero zero draw wow wow
1: next game's gonna be a really really entertaining one if you want to base it on upon week one is Monterey Bay hosts Louisville City and I think it's going to be Louisville, 3-1. to one. Josh. Where's this game being played at? California. 3-2 Monterey Bay.
0: Woo. Ariana. 2-1 Monterey.
1: There you go. Smart man. Uh, you guys want to know a fun fact of week one? I think inter-conference play, I think the Western Conference won it all three games against the Eastern Conference, so – not a good start for the Eastern Conference. So, and speaking of interconference matchups, Orange County hosts Tampa Bay. I, I think it's going to be some retribution for Tampa Bay. I'm going three-one Tampa
0: Bay. Josh, three nothing Tampa Bay. Arizona, two nothing Tampa Bay. So
1: Orange County's going to win this one like eight to zero. Yep, something like that. Um Sacramento hosts Charleston Battery another interconference matchup. Mariana, are you liking this one?
0: Yeah, I got this Sacramento, um 3 nothing. Okay, Josh.
1: Sacramento 2 nothing.
0: So I watched the
1: majority of the Charleston game. I like Charleston. Um they were they were attacking real well and Augie Williams, man, he is such a good player. I got Charleston 2 to 1. All right, so Sunday there are three matches as defending champs San Antonio take on, I guess, the new Eastern Conference, Darling and Loudoun United uh, in Virginia. Josh, who you like? Yeah, I'll go Loudoun.
2: One-nothing.
0: Wow. Mariana, Man, Josh, whatever you're drinking, please let me know. Um, <laughs> San Antonio, two-nothing.
1: Uh, I got San Antonio two to one. San Diego with Ronaldo Damas hosts Phoenix Rising. man back upon that draw wagon, two to two. Mariana?
0: Uh, man, I guess I got a copy two to two. Josh.
2: Man, y'all are so boring. It's
1: unfortunate. Uh, two to one Phoenix. Josh has not called a single draw. No. Nope. Man on that ledge, RGV hosts Oakland Roots. Um, upset of the week for me. Oakland two to one.
2: Upset. Oh gosh.
1: Yep, they're playing in uh, Texas, so that's a upset. Oakland three nothing. Ariana
0: four nothing. Oakland. Jeez. <laughs> wow. Jeez. No love for RGV. <clears throat> no love sorry. for the sorry. Sorry, Shadow Wolf, but.
1: Yeah, you're not going to be invited to this podcast, y'all. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to FC Tulsa talk. Um, we played Miami FC on Saturday down in lovely Miami, Florida, uh, in front of 2092 in attendance there, at Ricardo Silva Stadium on the campus of oh, Florida International University. Yeah, An absolute packed house. Packed house. Yeah. Um, it wound up a one-one draw. Um, we played a varying formation throughout the whole game. And officially, I guess we ran a four-two-three-one formation. Which, you know, my my talking points on this game was the formation. Blair did an amazing job in the second half. John Morrissey kind of pointed this out, where he he was able to change formations with the substitution patterns and lock down Miami for the draw. So, kudos. But what a lot of people, I think, were uh, not looking at was we played without half of our back line. Mariano, yeah, Brett great. Levis, yep. Yeah. Brett Levis and Bradley Bourgeois were both out with the injuries, lower body injuries. So we shifted Hory Corrales into center back, starting center back. Justin Malou moved, moved from right back to center back. Uh, Rucci moved from center back to left back, and Eric Bird uh, moved from his defensive holding midfielding midfielder position back to right back. So. Lots of fluid moving pieces for a team. Um, Milo Yosef had the lone goal for R.F.C. Tulsa. Um, he was able to, in the 28th minute, connect on a rebound from a Colin Fernandez shot and slot it in past Adrian Zendejas in the left corner. Um, guys, your first thought when it comes to the opening game for FC
0: Tulsa, Mariana? Um, oh, that. We we didn't play. Like we know, we actually spoke with this with Kaylor about it, but we had a lot of people out of position in that game. And to come out of there with a 1-1 draw, um, we really are lucky that we got out with a point. Out of not mean,
1: man. Josh, your opening thought on the Miami game. One
2: thing that got me excited about this is for the first time ever, we actually shot outside of the box, and we scored because of that. Who would have thought shooting out of the box, from outside of the box, equals a goal? Mm-hmm. Well, it's not that hard to know.
1: So and statistically, we- yeah, statistically we uh, only held forty-two percent of the possession. Uh, something I was pretty concerned about going into this season was our lack of height. And we only had a 48% dual success rate and a, only a 40% aerial dual success rate. Um, Distribution-wise, we completed roughly 73% of our passes. Um, Attack-wise, we, we took eight shots. Three of those were actually on target. And to what Josh is saying, we took five shots outside the box. Um, our shooting accuracy was about 38%. On defense, you know, we made about we had a really good tackle success rate, about seventy percent. Lots of defensive clearances. Discipline wise, we only had a couple of yellow cards. I think Eric Bird, Jorge Corrales, and Colin Fernandez each had a yellow card. All right. So statistic wise, that that's that. Um, My worry is a worry for me in this game was Marcus Epps and Moses Dyer. They were. They didn't have the greatest of games statistically. I don't know if either one of them got a shot off. Um, let, let me let me check real quick. Um, uh, total shots: Moses Dyer got one shot off, none on goals. Rodrigo Costa didn't get a shot off at all. Marcus didn't get a shot off. Um, so that 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 worries me a little bit. Our uh, our dual success rate worries me um, because we we play a lot of balls out of the back. And into the midfield and the forward half. So if we're not winning those balls, I don't – it doesn't translate into good uh, success there in the midfield. Um, Something that I I found a little confusing, I would like to see Christopher Pearson start over Blaine Ferry, especially with uh, Eric Bird having to slot back into the right-back spot. I think Christopher with the size would help out a lot more on defense and – um, what what was a concern for you, Mariano?
0: Um, speaking about that, um, I was concerned, you know, all preseason long, the games that you saw, you saw mm-hmm. Epps playing off the side wing, mostly like the left side, and then Dyer in the middle. Well, I saw more Epps kind of in the middle of the field, mm-hmm. and I think it was because we had, you know, Eric Bird to the side on the right back, so we needed a little bit of speed, but – where I thought the speed was needed, was more forward than than actually where he was playing at. And that's what kind of got me a little bit disturbed. I was like, man, I I was hoping we were going to attack from the wings and kind of do what we normally do, just kind of cross them in and hopefully Dyer or somebody else is in the middle to be able to swing the ball inside the net. But that wasn't happening a lot.
1: Josh, something I I noticed was – uh Eric Bird on that right side, he got burned a few times speed-wise. Um, he was in good position, but I don't think Eric's used to playing in a fullback, right back spot where you know he uses his body to bump people, to get them off balance, to slow them down. Um, he got burned a few times on that right side. Um what was some of your concerns, Josh?
2: Uh, the the way we opened up uh, the first 45 minutes of the game, we looked really just- lost it's like we didn't know what we were we didn't know what we were doing and miami was kind of all over us but that that changed a little bit we looked more composed we we looked nervous and our our midfield didn't look up i we didn't have an attacking presence there's a lot of things i could go on i was just the overall view i was extremely disappointed in this game I, i kind of expected more but maybe my expectations are just too high
1: well, let's get to that uh what I talked a little bit earlier, which I I don't think there's a lot of people stirring up controversy on the, the Miami goal, but I think there is a rightful reason to talk about it. Um Florian Valet scored the goal in the 26th minute for Miami. In the 20th minute, he got a yellow card for I think it was pretty much for dissent, if anything. I think he was arguing with the rep and he had made multiple fouls already. Um in the 13th minute, Eric Bird had gotten a yellow card for a bad tackle. Um, then about the 20, I want to say the 25th minute, Florian Valet made pretty much an identical tackle to what Eric Bird made to get the yellow card. And the ref was hesitant to pull out the second yellow on him. Then in about the 26th minute, uh, Florian got the ball and hit that shot from outside the box. And Michael Nelson, There, I don't know if there's a goalkeeper that could stop in the USL. So, yeah, uh, Mariano
0: but david um yep. on ahead. that point the another thing that i was a little bit disappointed at there was nobody 10 feet away from him yeah that could have been exactly right i was like looking and i rewatched the game again and i was like where is our defenders where is our midfield where is our CDM he right. should be there not allowing Somebody to like pull back and shoot that Golazo he did yep. from outside. I was yeah, like, yeah. it was like it was a great goal. Nothing. It happened, wasn't. But nobody should have that time or space to shoot a ball like that.
1: Yeah. you're you're exactly right, and I think I think that's one of the things that we'll correct as we go along the year. But so with with that being said, with with the goal and the fouls that led up to that goal. Should uh, Florian still been on the field?
0: You know, as much as I, I kind of want to do my little bias statement on it and say, no, he should have never been there. We should have won one then uh, You know, the should have, would have, could have, but it didn't happen. You know, yeah. so we just have to learn from our mistakes and not allow anybody with that time and space with the ball.
1: Yeah, he had, he had, lo- he was on the island when he took that shot. So yeah. Uh- um, bright spot it was Michael Nelson, I believe. Um, he, he had a very solid game. He had six, six, uh, saves, allowed the one goal in, which, you know, it was one of those goals I don't think many goalkeepers could stop. Um, so pretty solid game from him. He earned him, uh, team of the week honors, uh, on the bench for the USL. So congratulations to Michael Nelson in your first FC Tulsa game to get an honor. So, Another um, bright spot to me was uh, Justin Malou. And a really bright spot was Jorge Corrales. It was great to see him back on the field. And I, he had a knee injury last year. Yep. And I thought he played pretty well at that center back spot. Something I, I had been in our, our private chat groups uh, concerned about him having the lateral quickness and basically playing it out of position. So good job, Jorge. Uh, I
0: don't bright
1: think captain, but.
0: Corrales was manning the back line.
1: Uh, Josh, bright spots for you in this game?
2: Michael Nelson, uh, Corrales, two best players
1: in my opinion on the field. All right. I don't know lot Mariano won the Miami FC Tulsa game. Um,
0: oh, you guys are right about the two good players. Even though Eric Bird did get kind of beat from pace, but he had 11 clearances. I mean, right, you can't look away from that as well.
1: He also had eight duels won, aerial and ground duels, so very good for Eric. All right, so as a wise man once said, that game's in the past. Let's go on to the next. Um, we take on Birmingham Friday night, down there at Protective the Field Stadium, down there in Birmingham, Alabama. Um, they're, Birmingham's in the same boat as us right now. One draw, one point, middle of the pack. Like we talked about earlier, they were missing um, a few players in their opening game against the Pittsburgh Riverhounds. Um, uh, I think Nico Brett he started off on the bench because he, he hadn't been with the team that long. I think he was still in Jamaica uh, up until last week. Uh, Prosper Cassman started off the bench. Enzo Martinez had an injury and did not suit up for Birmingham. And there was another player that is slipping my mind for Birmingham, a big-time player for them that also did not suit up.
2: Um, Is it the midfield
1: uh, midfielder? Uh, no, it's they do started for him. Right? Uh, M- M- Martinez. Yeah, I just, I just said. Yeah, I just said Enzo was out. Um.
0: Well, anyways, um, on that game that they had, they played a four-two-three-one. Um. They had Juana Gavello, Pasher, and and Whitebo. I'm probably butchering that name. Um, their goal scorer, um, Cognali. Um, Holly. Yeah, he had the own goal for uh, Birmingham with a yep. corner kick header. Um, that's one thing that I, I want to. I hope the team is kind of putting some emphasis this weekend because they have hyped.
1: Yeah, uh, the the other player out is Mikey Lopez. Mikey Lopez yep. is out for them. Um, I, I, like I said, I started watching this game today. And, uh, Juan Aguadella was he was drawing a lot of fouls against Pittsburgh, so I think we gotta watch out for that. Um. Tyler Pasher looked very active on that right side for for Birmingham, so I think he's a definite watch out. They just have such a potent attacking system there in Birmingham. Like you said, they've got height with Alex Rinaldi and Fanwell Cavita for corner kicks and set pieces. Juan Agudelo, you know Tyler Pasher, he's got so much speed. if let me throw this at you, Josh, could you imagine a starting team if they can get everybody healthy? You know, they got Tyler Prasher and uh Prosper Cassim on the wings, Aguadelo and Brett as up strikers with Enzo Martinez and Anderson Acedu as midfielders. What kind of attacking force could that be?
2: That's a, that's championship winning teams right there.
1: That that's a scary team right there. Mikey Lopez, if he ever gets healthy for him on the left left back, you know, Fanwell Cavita and Coronali as as center backs and Colin Smith, a really young player, I think he's out of the uh, FC Dallas system. Mariano, what what do
0: you think our our keys to this game is going to be? And uh, it's it's a hope that the chemistry starts working, man. Like I said to Kayler and his podcast, once we get our chemistry down, you have to watch out. We have great wingers, we have an attacking great, either Dario or even uh, Moses Dyer. If they can just connect with the players, we can beat them. You know, I don't feel like we're going to beat them in crosses or any header duels, but we can go around them, I think we can be dominant against them and come out with a victory. But um, I'm having a feeling the chemistry's not down yet. Um still have a couple players who are going to probably play a little bit, you know, with players in wrong positions that they're not normally accustomed to. And I have a feeling we're going to – I have a draw, a 2-2 draw. Yeah. Josh, your thoughts, your keys to this game. I think
2: if we want any chance at winning this game, we've got to control the midfield, we've got to get the midfield under control. And we've got to have more of an attacking presence. I, like I said earlier, there was nobody who really looked menacing, threatening, besides that one shot from Colin Fernandez that, Dropped to me low, so midfield play and overall attacking play is my two keys.
1: Well, fellas, uh, we did have a bit of a player signing last week. Um, as we signed a, a center back Rashad, Rashid uh, Tete. he is a Ghanaian center back. Um, he uh he he played for New Mexico United last year. He was actually a New Mexico United original. Yeah, meaning he was with the team, the the very first team back in 2019. In the last four years, he has played 85 games, over 6,000 minutes for New Mexico United. Guys, I think this is a big time signing for us. I think he'll provide great depth for us, and maybe even if Bradley and Brett Levis is still injured, slot right into that center back spot for us.
0: I agree.
2: I, I agree. From from what the New Mexico fans have told me this really big signing really good great guy off and off the pitch I'm um, i'm excited to see how we uh, slot him into the back line
1: well right, uh, no, i you're about him
0: yeah i'm very excited he had experience in this league and he puts he brings a little bit of height as well so um and yeah we're excited to see him play for us
1: well fellas um like like we said, the game is Friday night, uh, 7 p.m. Um, the watch party will be at the Tulsa Athletic Club again. Um, I think they're going to have some $4 specials, $10 specials on uh, adult beverages. So um, if you got got a chance to not do anything on the St. Patrick's Day, get down to the Tulsa Athletic Club and cheer on your Tulsa. $10 pitchers. $10 pitchers, uh. Josh Mariano, you guys got anything else? FC Tulsa?
0: Yeah, actually. Um, Mike, uh, who we were talking about earlier, Epps, he got his um, 10,000 minutes played for, in the league a regular season matches. Yep. So that's Congratulations. That's,
1: yeah. Big time right there. Marcus Epps, 10,000 minutes played in the USL championship. Any other news, notes, FC Tulsa? I got nothing. No, same here. All right. Well, um, a little bit of local news. Yeah. Um, on the twenty second, um, Wednesday, March twenty second, Tulsa Athletic take on Brazos Cal, Brazos Valley Calvary, there at Hicks Park at seven p.m. in the very first round of the U.S. Open Cup. Um, also, some Tulsa Athletic news: they named Jason Rogers as head coach. Um, Levi Coleman was the head coach the previous years for Tulsa Athletic. Uh, Jason Rogers takes over helm. Um, from what I know about Jason. Rogers. He's a high school coach at uh, uh, Thomas Edison Middle and High School here in Tulsa. Uh, he's had a very successful program there at Edison. Um, he becomes the third overall head coach in the 10 year history of the Tulsa Athletic behind Levi Coleman and, oh man, I, the other coaches, uh, Joey Ryan. So, congratulations to Jason Rogers taking over the Tulsa Athletic helm. Um, I still don't believe there's a schedule set up in the MPSL um, yet, so we're still waiting on that to give out more Tulsa Athletic news. But uh, moving on to the Rain FK, um, our very own Bartlesville Rain FK, on Sunday, March 26th, they will be hosting open tryouts. Um, you do have to register for open tryouts um, if you go to rainfk.com. There is a link that you can click on there and register for tryouts. So, awesome to see more semi-professional clubs in Oklahoma. Mariano,
0: yes, sir. Any local, any local news? Uh, I think that's, I think that's it. I, I no, you did forget to mention that Tulsa Athletics is season tickets for sale for fifty dollars a piece. So,
1: uh, Josh, any local news, any, any, uh, Rogers state Hillcat news or anything like that?
2: Not that I know of.
1: (laughs) You're supposed to be our Rogers state college man on the pitch field reporter.
2: (laughs) Oh, they're in Claremore, but nobody here talks about them. They, they get no love. Tough crowd.
1: Well, fellas, before we go to hot takes, I want to venture off the beaten path and, and, uh, bring up a totally totally different subject and talk about MLS Next Pro. Oh,
0: I think uh, I know sure. where
1: this I'm I'm surprising you with this. So we talked a little about about the Rochester Football Club of New York or whatever the hell the Rhinos rebranded as. Um today or not today but uh this past week they Made an excuse that an investor fell through at the last minute, and they will be ceasing operations. One of the most historic clubs in United States soccer. If you don't, if you're a fan of soccer and you don't know a little bit about the Rochester Rhinos, go back and look at the history. Um, they were the very last non MLS club to win the U.S. Open Cup back in 1999. I know when they left the USL Championship, they went on hiatus because they were having ownership slash stadium issues, and they were thinking about dropping down to League One. Um, Then COVID happened, and that impacted a lot of clubs financially. I'm sure it impacted ours. Um, Reno, 1868, won the USL Western Conference and wasn't able to continue because a lot of USL clubs... A lot of the revenue is based on attendance and merch sales and stuff sold inside the stadium on game days. It's just where we're at right now. Even though we are starting to get more uh, avenue avenues of uh, financial gains, such as advertising and sponsorships, that's starting to roll in as the club is as the as the as the competition is starting to get more solidified. But Mariano. How painful was it to see the Rochester Rhinos going extinct?
0: Um, before I go into that, I really want to come up with two other teams that um, teams that won the their league and then afterwards disappear. Not sure if you remember the San Francisco Deltas yep. that won the NAS. It was it the NASL? Yep, the very last season of the NASL. Yep. Yeah. Um them, the Cosmos. Uh, Reno you know these are teams that that were successful you know when I post you know I want pro rel uh, online or say it out loud or whatnot I'm not just wanting teams to go up and down there's a there's a machine behind that and what I mean by a machine there's you know revenue for winning for going up on a league going down getting relegated you know, there's money that's being transferred from um, player sales, youth academy sales, you know, um, training and I think compensation. Um, there's all these things that make the ecosystem of pro rel and soccer uh, a really good thing in Europe. And that's one thing that we're missing in the United States. And when I see teams like Rhino, the like, or Rochester of New York Football Club, City slash United, whatever they want to call themselves. Um it it sucks. It, it's just another team. And I know there's probably like a hundred plus teams that are just deceased, like they're in hiatus or they're no longer a team no more. And it just, just another good team, you know. It it sucks that, you know, Vardy was so what he said in the beginning was so invested in that he was not going to quit and then a year later they're quitting you know there's no there's no parachutes no no nothing to help these teams out from actually existing you know and yeah. mls isn't doing it don garber ussf they're all over there just or just another one another one bites the dust is all they're saying so so when
1: this news came out i said uh mls is I mean, I made a, a Twitter post where it was like, MLS makes the Rhinos go extinct. And then all the U, or the MLS fanboys were like, jumped on there. They didn't mean they were having problems. I was, like, I was like, you don't understand. I get it. You guys are invested in MLS. I get it. I'm a USL fan. There's always going to be that friction battle between whatever. But the Rhinos were an independent organization. They were the only lone independent club in a MLS feeder system. Those MLS 2 squads that were in the MLS Next Pro, every other team but the Rochester Rhinos, I guarantee you Sporting KC 2 made zero money. Nothing. They made nothing. But they didn't have to worry about financial profit because Big Daddy, Sporting KC, funded it. Rochester Rhinos or Rochester Football Club of New York, whatever the hell they were, They didn't have that daddy to feed them money. They had to rely on advertising sales, ad revenue, um, sponsorships, selling tickets, getting people in the gate. They had to worry about buying or renting or whatever a stadium or field to play at. They had to worry about getting butts in the seats to sell merch or to sell tickets or to sell concession stand stuff. They had to worry about all that money. None of the other MLS Next Pro teams had to worry about that. And so when all the MLS fanboys say, Oh, USL kills teams too. They're indep- we're an independent club league. We don't... The, everybody else that was playing with the Rochester Rhinos had a sugar daddy. The Rhinos didn't. They thought they had it in Jamie Barty. But I'm sorry, Jamie Barty's still playing, I guess, every now and then for Leicester over in England. So I... Doubt his attention was to what's happening in Rochester. He was not the principal owner. He was just a investor unless you get, and this has been, this has been my problem with MLS going after like, let's say Tacoma or Huntsville, Alabama, or Chicago, Illinois, or Cleveland or Buffalo, non MLS cities. They're going to go and try to put a minor league team in those cities Let's say say they do that for Columbus. The Columbus crew, too, moves to Cleveland, Ohio, which has long been rumored a target for USL championship. After three years, and I said this in the last podcast, dealing with the Oklahoma City Thunder basketball team here in Oklahoma. After three years, the Columbus crew is going to get tired of paying for hotel rooms for their players. They're going to be tired of paying for chartering a bus from Columbus, their training ground, to Cleveland to play. They're going to get tired of all the expenses – when they could just – everybody's still sleeping in their rooms here in Columbus. Wake up go play. Nashville SCs is going to get tired of shipping people down to Huntsville, Alabama to play. Sorry, they're going to get tired of paying for a stadium down there to play. They're going to get tired of paying for training facilities, medical facilities, everything else down in Huntsville, Alabama, when they know they're not selling tickets to those games. They know that 500 people showing up. They're not selling merch. They're not selling – hot dogs they're not selling 8 dollar beers they're going to get tired of that they're going to bring it back and they're going to play the MLS next pro games at the Nashville SC training facility
0: all right that on straight
1: so when all the MLS fanboys get out there and they huff and puff that they MLS didn't kill Rochester in a way they did because they took out all their avenues of getting financial gains if you had your choice of you're in Rochester, you, you really, you're, you're a semi-soccer fan. You know, do you really want to go see the Rochester FC of New York play? I don't know. Uh, Minnesota United too, unless Minnesota United had a really, really big top prospect on that. They're sending to get minutes or a superstar. We, we see that here with the drillers here in Tulsa. The only, uh, you know, they, they, they do good crowds, at the drillers. But when the Los Angeles Dodgers has a guy on rehab assignment, that's when they draw big crowds. That's when that happens. So, I mean, I know this is a rant. I know, Josh, you haven't had a talk on this. We'll let you have a little bit of time on it here in a second. It's just a shame that the Rochester Rhinos went extinct the way they did. Josh, do you have an opinion on this Rochester situation?
2: I I, I think it's just like the OKC, OKC situation. They tried to the play it off as if everything was all right. And then went ghost a few months, and then and now they're without any communication with the fans. No, they're they're not playing. Which is like you said, sad to see a storied franchise, and American soccer just gone, just not uh, no longer playing. Hopefully, maybe in the future, if we get pro pro RL, they can come in league league one, USL League One. Yeah, I, I think it sounds like the OKC situation could have been handled a lot better. Yeah. Could have straight from the get-go told their fans, hey,
1: we're not playing this year. Don't expect well, We're struggling us. or something, you know. Yeah, I, I've seen, I've like seen similar teams. I, I, you're right. This is the same approach OKC took. I've seen similar teams in similar situations take the approach where they went to their fans and they raised funds, you know. They, they did a GoFundMe or whatever and saved the franchise. We we've seen that it's worked. If you have a loyal fan base, it it would work. I know. I think Detroit sold shares in their team. Chattanooga, I think, sold shares in their team. Uh, non-voting shares, but shares
0: to raise capital, nonetheless. If I could play a little bit devil's advocate, um, go ahead. I this is the only time I'll not give too much. Grief, And they deserve it. MLS and USSF deserves it. Don Garver deserves it. Every single bit of it. Um, Rochester for some and they just have bad luck with that city with soccer. Not only just the bad luck, but also the past ownership for the Rhinos owed a lot of money to the city of Rochester. They still owe a lot of money for that stadium that they were supposed Mm -hmm. to use. That then they played. That. There's just so many scenarios that we I can mean, keep going. Right. But um, you know, Flower City, they barely have an attendance for NISA. Uh, they actually had to merge with Syracuse. I think they're called yep. City Union now. Yep. It's just, you know, we can place blame all we want on MLS, but sometimes we have to place blame for the ownership and the city uh-huh. there.
1: I agree with you that the ownership of Rochester I think they made some bad choices. Yeah. And it's come back to bite them in the butt. So but I just this whole MLS Next Pro is just I think if you're an independent club and you sign up to play in there and I think a lot of the reason why there's not a huge uh franchise fee I think that was another reason why they chose that. I think you're just setting yourself up for doom. The MLS should just do what they I think they really want to do and turn that into a minor league system. You know, they as soon as they get their 32 teams or whatever they want to be at, turn it into a minor league system, close the system off, and there you go. Yeah,
0: you're dead on right now. Also, you know, they don't have their academy system no more. MLS doesn't. So guess what? Start an MLS next pro and that could be the replacement for right now, but then involve a couple other independent teams, and I hope Chattanooga learns and sees from this, and decides yep. not to go MLS next pro because it'll be their death of them.
1: All right, fellas. Uh, we done ranting about the Rochester Rhinos downfall?
0: Yeah, I think so. All right, so hot takes? And- Oops. Go ahead, David.
1: Nah, Josh, you started off hot takes, Josh. Oh, I've got none, unfortunately. No, no hot takes from me tonight. What? what if I can think of somebody, I, I
2: oh, all right. Here,
1: here's my question to you guys hot take, hot take question say in 2020, whatever OKC makes their dramatic comeback, dramatic. but they cannot play in the USL championship for some reason. They maybe a stadium requirements or whatever but they're they're making their comeback. They're going to they're going to play ball again. And they had to choose between three different leagues to play in. What would you want want them to go play in? 1 USL Championship or I'm sorry, USL League 1? 2 NISA or 3 MLS Next Pro?
2: Uh, I'll go first. Wait, can you name name, name them again please? The three
1: USL League 1, NISA or MLS Next Pro.
2: I would go League One, because there's still, as much as I hate to say this, there's still a level of USL
0: caliber. Mariana. Just not Mariana. championship. And <laughs> if I say MLS Next Pro, that's just like the rhinos all over again. I, I, I would, that's I, a
2: death sentence.
0: That is a death sentence. I mean, I don't want to see in my lifetime two Oklahoma City franchises just dying. I hope I don't see it, you know. As much as I want to, I love to see it. I I, I don't want to see it. Um, NISA, man, <laughs> I don't, if they can't afford to get their own stadium or get out of whatever situation that they're in or have that MAPS level, what's the point? And then League One, I hate for the League One to be ruined. So I'm going to put Auction D and PSL.
1: I choose Nisa, go ne-
0: Nisa, baby. <laughs> that should be
1: their tagline, Nisa, baby. <laughs> All right, go ahead, Mariana. All
0: right, guys. Um, let's see. All right, so Taylor asked me and um, me and Josh if we can switch one player from our team to. He asked us if one team to Birmingham. Um, and then one t- a player that we can steal from them into FC Tulsa, who would it be? Good question. Um, and it has to be a like for like, not no Eric Bird for a sailor. What? That's what I That's said. That's
1: a like for like. That's a like for like. Uh, All right. So I'm going to go. So it's going to be close to the same talent level. Yes. In the same position. Yes. Because I was going to say Blaine Ferry for Anderson Asadu, and which they both started the last game. So there we go. That's my choices. That's
2: what I said, but I replaced uh,
1: what you, so, Ferry with Bird. Or if you want to make, make another choice, it'd probably be uh, Mateo Bunbury uh, for, let's let's just say, uh, Chase Bromstead. There we go. Okay. I, I really like the Mateo kid. And Chase didn't look bad when he played, when he came in for us. No, I'll, I mean, I'll say that. He, he looked, I didn't good. even know he played. <laughs> yeah. No, he came not, in. I did not know he, that. He, he didn't look bad. I mean, he, he he won a few balls and played pretty good defense. So, I mean, he did good.
0: Well, cool. Well, um, before we go, should we read some of Shadow Wolves' questions?
1: Yeah, do it. All right. <laughs>
0: So uh, they're not going to be in exact order. So hopefully, if you guys catch some, that'd be great. But um, nope. he asked, I asked my hammering down and outside of questions, what's your opinion on Milo Yosef first game, and are you sad that Warmel wasn't playing?
1: Um, so Warmel not playing, I think he's going to have to fight for his position with Michael Nelson. I thought Nelson looked. Actually, I didn't see Warmel play playing the preseason, but I did see Nelson. I thought it looked pretty good in the preseason. He played pretty damn good against Miami. Um Milo starting. I didn't understand it. Um, I I didn't know why Dario wasn't starting instead. So but Milo got a goal so and tied the game up. So kudos to coach coach for having him in there.
0: And Blair Gavin, we trust. There you go. All right. Next question: Which home game, home game theme night are you going to attend or looking forward most to? Uh, I hope I attend
1: all of those.
2: <laughs> I think Ag Night's going to be the best
1: night. Ag Night's
2: going night? to blow the roof off the place.
1: Um, <laughs> um, I'm looking forward to Crybaby Hill Night, Indigenous Peoples Night, and uh, Vamos Tulsa Night. Oh
2: yeah! I
1: think Christmas in
0: July is going to be the best one. And now he asks also, "What will we do to get One Oak packed? What's the club isn't already doing?"
2: So, uh, do so I need to go to One Oak Field and you know have one of those signs in my uh, hot dog costume and free tickets? <laughs> you know, sign spinner person. I can so, do that.
1: I I think Tulsa is a fickle place, and I think you know. I hate to say this about the old administration, but they burnt bridges. Um, I honestly, we'd like to see us be on better footing with the Tulsa Athletic. They have a pretty rabid fan base. Um, I know there's got to be some things that's got to be said to some people to clear the air and apologies need to be made, et cetera, et cetera, Um, on both sides. It's on both sides. It's just not one sided. So I think that needs to be done. Um, I think we're trending in the right direction uh Attendance was consistently going up and up as the year went on last year. I think that's good. I think we have to get a, um, and I know this was something they were aiming for, but a more attacking style of football being played. I think if goals are scored and people come to games and they see, man, that was exciting. It was a four three win. I I know I I know defense wins championships, but. A four-three win is, is an exciting game. Josh himself said the most exciting game this week was a five-three game. It wasn't a you know a technically brilliant game. Yeah. It was okay. Like but you know, if we want to put butts in the seats, you have to have electricity in the stadium. Um and, and no, that's not an OKC joke when the lights went out. It's
0: it's a <laughs> over there.
1: It, it, it's it's a you got to have energy in the stadium to you know get people excited and to have to get them to want to come back to the next game that that's the one thing when i went and saw D- fc dallas play in the playoffs this, last year they had it like an in-house dj that was spinning before the game and the place had such a good uh level of energy in the stadium not just uh you know a playlist uh ipod shuffle playlist going on it had it had that feeling of emotion in the stadium where you could tell the game was building to an exciting game. So I think that's what so we have. What to you're
2: saying is we need more pregame hype. Like when you get to the stadium, like put more pregame activities.
1: That would be not, I mean, so me, you and Mario, we're, we're the types to get there right as the stadium opens. So, you know, we, we, we talked to the, opposing teams goalie, goalkeepers, et cetera, <laughs> down there in section one fifteen. So it's not that's not really for us. It's for the to you know the more casual a, fans, I guess you can yes, say yes. You have to get the more casual fans more excited to come to that game. And if you just have like an iPod playlist going on of random songs that you can you got you can play in the stadium it's not really going to get excitement, but if you had stuff going on to get people in the stands, and then once you got them in the stands to keep that energy up, that's what you got to do.
0: Crafts, do you hear that? Do not play rock chams from the nineties. Actually, that'd be pretty cool. (laughs) They need to do
2: what they did. I think two years ago, they let the players have their like game day playlist. Do you guys remember that?
0: Oh, yeah, that's I what like,
1: think, I control. I, I like the jog jams I did. You know, you got that Chicago Bulls intro
0: that. Well, I want to answer this question myself, too. Um, mm-hmm. Everything you guys said was great and everything. I think the number one way to get this place packed is winning. If you that's consistent yeah. winning. You're, you're always going to get fans hyped, getting ready to see a great goal, a great score, a win, a victory. If a fan is just coming to the game like, oh, I think we're going to lose this one, they're not going to be hyped. They're not going to be ready. I mean, they're going to be like, oh, God, why do I waste my money to come and see this team lose like, over and over again?
2: I, I say that a lot, you know. I, I say, oh, we're going to lose that, a lot. Is that the not, Todd effect? Right. It's <laughs> <laughs> in the front row. <laughs>
0: Love Todd. Yeah, <laughs> but um, all right. Last question before we call it a night, guys. Um, and I, I don't. I want to skip this first question, but I'm going to go ahead and ask it. How long will Potter withstand the pressure at Stamford Bridge? And, oh, I know this question. And it was gone. Who could you replace him with? Second question he asked: If Arsenal wins the Premier League, will Josh be a full-time Arsenal fan for the near future? And third. Why is Man United so good this season? (laughs) I think he's being a little facetious on that one, but I don't
1: know. Actually, he's not because I want you to look up who's got the most wins in European football this year. Man United. Glory, glory. Anyways, anyways, to answer this question, Potter, he is, with his last three wins, he has staved off, his head's off the chopping block. He will finish out the year. And if he does get fired in the offseason, Greg Bullhart is coming in to run Chelsea. What? And what about you, Josh? Josh is already an Arsenal fan. So, I mean, if, if Holland would switch teams, then he would be a full time Arsenal fan.
0: Since day one, <laughs> he'd be like, baby, come back.
2: <laughs> what about you, Josh? Uh, I think Potter's safe. I, I think the ownership's. Uh... Letting him have his time. But if they were to fire him, I think they should go
0: after Zidane.
1: Jesse Marsh. Any American coach. I
0: don't know. I could see that happening, but I hope not.
2: And I will not be becoming a full-time Arsenal fan because City are going to win the league. Still, I believe that. So, all
0: right, there you go. there's my hot take for the night. Right. City is going to win the league. We'll see. We'll see. Well, I think you guys already know my answers for all three of those. So, um, well, guys, is there anything else you want to talk about? Nope. Cool. Well, this is episode number 40. Thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it all. Uh, yet again, thank you, David. Thank you, Josh, for being on. Uh, thank you, Kaylor, for having us on your podcast I uh, really appreciate all the questions. Thank you. Um. Also, Harry for commenting and reposting. Um. We're gonna try to be back on hopefully Sunday. Maybe. Uh, we'll see. It's gonna be a packed Sunday, so we might wait until next week or so. Um. Like David said earlier, uh, do me a favor. Head out to Tulsa Athletic Club. Um. Uh, they're gonna be having a watch party there. They're gonna be having plenty of food, probably. Uh. Good drink specials. Um. Also, if you haven't been, go to Mother Road Market. Uh, they have the FC Tulsa, um, like, little merch corner, little place that you can buy some stuff from. Also, they have amazing pizza right across from the little place. It's amazing. Um, guys, I, I don't know if there's anything else to say, but vamos. There is one a, thing. There
1: oh. is one thing. What does he oh, got to say? It, it's somebody's birthday this weekend. Yeah. It is somebody's
0: birthday. <laughs> My birthday's <laughs> next Wednesday, but
1: yeah, <laughs> someone's gonna be twenty-one
0: years old. I wish I'm forty <laughs> years old on March twenty-second. <laughs> Big four zero. So, if you do me a favor at the watch party at the Tulsa Athletic Club, if you see David, get him drunk, buy him a drink. Um, he'll drink it for me. I got to work that night, unfortunately. So, get him. Can afford my drinks? No, you can. Just not. Don't get him no scotch, okay? The man's a killer with scotch. I know this. <laughs> well, thank you guys again, and vamos Tulsa. Vomus tossing toss. I'm from my high to hell of poverty, what cops are killing. The youth are locked in prison, gotta get from Ran is living, a hold my own. And I don't even got a crown. I caught the block mama oldest acting like he grown. Now peep the logic. Got a heap of problems, yeah. a mathematician. You see, I gotta keep it honest. A yeah. past offensive oh. from a childhood, a force, you to forfeit. Turn snitch across over source work for corporate. The hardship is not marked for fake artists. Barking the art seek astrologist, a start to your rocket ship. Oh. Soon as I change styles, the moment that y'all pocket it. Prophets eyes, prophesize, giant size dollar clips for blessings. There ain't no way contested for us. Outsiders charging 20 G's a session.
2: Forward and I can't go back. That I went through, put some questions on my mentor, forward and I can't go back. The stress that I've been through, I left that in the rear view. Forward and I can't go back. Lessons that I went through, put some questions on my mental. forward and I can't go back. The stress that I've been through, I left that in the rear view.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh outsiders in the casa.